In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us this evening. Tonight, we have sort of like a buffet of a range of ideas, and my guest, who is also a very dear friend and a fabulous therapist and sex therapist, Dr. Lori Buckley and I, we're going to look at what we call and she calls when she is working with clients, the chicken and the egg issue, which is what is causing the problem? Is it that the issue in the relationship is sexually based or is it that the relationship is the problem that's impacting the sexuality and how you feel about yourself or your body image or whatever it may be? And Lori, I believe you are on with me right now. I believe I am. Can you hear me? Hey, Lou. Honey, it's been so long. (laughs) Always good to talk to you. Thank you, my dear. So when we were setting this show up, I know that one of your favorite things to do is to work with couples. Yes. And and I, I know that you're and and you're brilliant at it. And I was thinking, okay, so what what normally walks in the door? What do you find walks in the door first? Is it the relationship issue or is it the sexuality issue? You know, it's so interesting as relationships are interesting all by themselves and sex is extremely interesting. And so then you have you have sex, you have relationships, and you have men and women and, and people who have so many different beliefs and ideas and feelings around all of these topics. So mm-hmm. that's what I find so fascinating and inspiring about the couples that I work with. There's, there's not any one thing. So sometimes couples will come in and they'll say, our relationship is perfect. We're gloriously happy. Everything is great. We just want to have better sex. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes that sometimes that's true. It usually ends up coming out that eh, maybe not quite as clear or black and white as they had thought at the beginning, but they certainly believe that at some level. And then there are some people who who believe that 
if their relationship could just be better. And a lot of therapists, traditional therapists believe this, that if the relationship is better, then the sex will automatically be better. And we know that that's not true either. So, Definitely not true. <laughs> right? So, so while there is a lot of connection between the two, uh, it's, not, it's not an automatic thing as well. So if that, if that sort of can get us started, basically what we can say about it is there is no simple answer. <laughs> it's a very complex issue, uh, and it is all involved. And it's always interesting to explore the relationship and find out ways to improve the relationship and to improve their sex life. And, and I usually approach it from both directions at the same time. Right. Okay. Now, here's my question then. When they walk in the door and there's, if you can give me a percentage number, what percentage who would say their, their relationship is just fine? Where might you find something or cue into something that would have them see? And it's not like you're looking to say, let's make a problem out of this, because that's not the right, case. Right. But... If there's a disconnect in one area, then where might it also be in this other area that they're not seeing? Yeah, such a great question, and I and I know the answer. <laughs> Yay! I, I feel like a little bell should go off. I know this one. Uh, the, the people who come in almost always who feel that their relationship is really great is just that their their sex life is a problem. If, in fact, there is a problem in their sex life, I mean, in their relationship, it's because they're the, what we call, avoidant couples. In other words, they don't fight. They get along really, really well. They, they don't fight. They don't argue. At least for the most part, things are pretty smooth and easygoing. So that's their definition of a great relationship. What's happening is, and what they come to realize is, that they haven't been engaging. They've been avoiding talking about things not just sex, but certainly that's a part of it that are difficult to talk about. So that's, that's typically what ends up coming out as, as we do the work and we start talking about some of the things. I, what I do is I spend time with each person alone when I do work mm-hmm. with couples. I, I meet them first together, and then I schedule sessions with them alone. And when I have that session that we're alone, which I do keep completely confidential so they're free to speak as candidly as they want, I get all kinds of information, things that maybe they don't feel comfortable saying in front of their partner because they don't want to hurt their feelings, Mm -hmm. they don't want to upset them. And so that's when I I get a lot of really great information around this. And, you know, I have to say that when I, because myself as a, you know, certified sex educator, I don't do therapy, but I do that same thing of if people want information in, in, in an area of, of what do I do, what are some of my options, I do the same thing of having it be that they do say it privately because what I know is that even though couples want to tell the truth in front of one another, they don't. Right. Isn't it amazing how the information that you can find out? Yeah, and it's, it's not that they're necessarily hiding anything. They just don't feel comfortable saying things, and, and sometimes it's because they're embarrassed about themselves, but it's also that they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings or upset. It, it, completely, you and find I find that, that yeah, I, I find the same thing when I'm working with um, doing my, my ladies and gentlemen's presentations, which is why I do them in a completely separate fashion, because I do want people to feel they can say it anonymously, and uh-huh. they can ask 
what the thing that, or as I say to it, if your friend were asking a question, what would your friend ask? <laughs> right. So you give them, you give them just the complete permission to say and ask whatever they want, which is great. I love that. <laughs> and then in the men's seminar, the men always go like this. Yeah, like you've got a friend who'd ask that. Um, that's you. <laughs> but when when we're looking now, Lord, because you and I have known one another now, how long? Eight years? Seven years? At least. <laughs> right, at least. Seems, and, like, seems like forever, yeah. Exactly. But when we look now, are you seeing similar things coming in that are issues that couples are dealing with? Or are you seeing a growth in other areas? Or are you seeing some things getting more taken care of? Because I think what I'd like people to have a feeling of as we do this smorgasbord, that that they can see or might see something that, that would resonate with them. Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the things that I think has been really consistent over the years, and, and you'll tell me if this is your experience as well, is this idea that there's something wrong with them because um, they have what has been put out in the media as desire discrepancy. So one, one person has lower desire than the other, and they, and they interpret this as them having a really big problem, which I, I don't necessarily believe it is. We can talk about that, but I do see a lot of people coming in with that, and that has been consistent throughout my whole, my whole time practicing of all these years, like 12 years, uh, something like that. I, I do find lately, and, and I don't know why this is, but it, it seems like in the last couple of years, I have a lot more people coming in around the topic of affairs. Really? Uh, certainly. Yeah, affairs um, with, other, with other people, or we can even talk about, you know, how the inter- internet gets involved with that, whether it's a quote-unquote porn addiction or, or some kind of a, a, a computer type of affair, something on Facebook, something like that. I, I have found a lot of that lately. I, I would absolutely concur with you on that one, that whether, and, you know, people saying, oh, well, for heaven's sakes, I'm just you know, sitting at a keyboard. It's like, listen, would you say those words that you've just typed to that person, would you say them in front of your partner? Would you? Yeah. And what I, I'm not trying to judge someone, but please don't try and hide behind something. Then really what, what is happening is there's an emotional attachment that go, that's going elsewhere. Now, right. Yeah. Now, when the when the people come in, Lori, are they looking to heal after an affair? Are they looking to bring things back together? Or are they looking to move on after an affair and understand what their part in it was? You know, about eighty percent of them are really looking to heal and move forward, and and eighty eighty percent of them do, uh, and and have a relationship at the end of this process that is really amazing. It's, I'm, I'm always in awe of these couples. Uh, really the dedication that they put forth in, in working on their relationships and the things that they're able to look at in themselves and, and grow, not only mm-hmm. as, a, as a couple, but individually. It, it's, it's amazing work for the people who, who, have, who have that uh, type of heart who can take that, not for the faint of heart at all. It, it's not No, no, it's that. not. No, it's yeah. not. Um, but I'm interested... I find it intriguing that it's 80% who who want to heal because I know at one point it was people were coming in and they were going to use a therapist to validate telling someone why they were unhappy or what was going on. You know, that, 
it's possible that that may be their initial agenda. Um, and then once they get in it, they understand what there is to gain and they are more accountable as they start to do the work. Uh, you know, I also have to say that the people who are coming in, they're choosing to take that time and spend their money and come in and do this work. I, I would imagine that there's a large percentage of people that we never see because they just give up. You know, I can't talk um, yeah. about those people. <laughs> right, no, because you don't, you know, we, we don't see them. We have 30 yeah. seconds until our first break. My guest this evening is Dr. Lori Buckley, and she is based in Pasadena. She is part of, tell, where are you based, Lori? What's the name of the, your, your group again? Well, actually, I am right now having a solo practice. Um, okay. It, it, it is, uh, it, it's been known as the Center for Relationship, Sexual, and I don't even remember what it is right now, uh, marital therapy. Okay. Well, on, and on that note, on that note, we're coming in with the tunes. We're going to take our first break, and Dr. Buckley and I will be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903-617-6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product. It's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where All Biz Talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. 
And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And tonight, my guest is Dr. Lori Buckley. And before the break, we were talking about when she has couples come in to see her, coming in as a result of affairs, that 80% are looking to heal what is going on once they could kind of like face what, you know, they're dealing with. But one thing I've seen, Lori, is that when it comes to dealing with stuff on the Internet and whether it is Facebook, whether it is Second Life, whether it is chat rooms, it is so insidious that it's almost like for the people I know who have had it happen, it's almost like the trust is so gone they can't trust yeah. the person anymore. Well, it's tough because you think about the time they spend on the computer, and and which is something that we all do in our lives. And then and then you 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 have to question everything, whether they're on any kind of cell phone or or iPad or or computer, which can take up a considerable amount of time, and you just don't know. It's just no, I mean, it, you... so many triggers. Well, the triggers are, too, when someone finds out that they've been sitting beside their spouse, perhaps in bed, without realizing that they're texting the other person. Right. And, you know, but those, you know, again, those are other personality issues that, you know, we'll we'll, we'll stop with that. I love knowing that 80% of the people are trying to work on it. Yeah, again, 80%. The people that we see, the people that come in for help, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, people always say, and, and, and this is true, and I, I think we've all said it, and we certainly, um, in the work that we do, we know that people always believe that if their partner ever had an affair, they ever found out that their partner was having an affair, that that would be it. They would leave them, that would be the end, and, you know, that's not always the case. That's what we believe, but you never know how you're going to feel until it happens. And oftentimes it is a wake-up call. It, when that happens, you, you, you take a look at what's been going on in your life and the things you've been ignoring and maybe the ways that you've contributed, not that anything that anybody contributes is causing your partner to have an affair. That's certainly never the case. You know, mm-hmm. that is and that, that is a decision that one person makes unilaterally, which is which is the problem. Uh, right. But but certainly that you, you know when you can look at the dynamics of the relationship and the signs that you ignored, that is that that's useful. That's useful information. And when you have people who are saying, "Look, it, I made a mistake," and you have true remorse on the side of the the partner who was the one who hurt the the other partner. Uh, you know, there's something that can possibly be worked through and healed, and it does. It does take. It does take some time. But I think it would be useful for us to talk about the relationship problems. Not that necessarily leads to affairs. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it does start out with problems that are going on that that many of us face in our relationships. That can, as we were saying before, can negatively impact our sex life. And then mm-hmm. when our sex life is negatively impacted or we're not having a really satisfying sex life and it's affecting our relationship in a negative way, we end up with relationships that end up being disconnected, um, filled with, with anger and pain. And not that, again, that those always turn into affairs, but those relationships by themselves are problematic. And, and the reason why we're doing the show, which I, I think is so fabulous, is to let people know that there's things that they can do 
mm-hmm. to make things better, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dr. Buckley, Dr. Laurie, what would be your top three things to tell people in a, in a range of behaviors? Well, look, the thing that people need to do is, and, you know, it's always been said and people are like, yeah, 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 but I'll tell you there's nothing more true than really great communication. Now, every couple communicates. They just don't communicate so effectively. So effective communication, being able to feel safe enough in a relationship when you can let your partner know what's upsetting you, Um, being able to make requests about some things that you would like, in bed and out of bed, by the way, um, and a partner who is able to hear that and and step up and, and stand in that place for you and you for them mm-hmm. is amazing. I mean, the things that that can do by itself in a relationship, it can it can it can take one relationship and just completely change the course of it just by doing some things to be able to incorporate that kind of communication. Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely agree with you. I refer to it as paying attention the way that <clears throat> makes that person feel like they, they, get, they are getting the attention that absolutely makes them flourish. And yes, I love that. That's, I love that. That's such a great way to say that, that makes them flourish. And, you know, the saying, oh, love somebody the way that you want to be loved. Well, no, that's, that's absolutely wrong. You that is absolutely the way you want to be loved. Right. That's, you uh, you know, excuse them. me, bullpucky, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? No, you, we, we're going to call bullpucky on that one. That like, <laughs> no, it's true. We need to love somebody the way that they want to be loved. Right. And, and, and you, it, yeah, go on. There, there's no question, Lori. And, and, and yeah, for me, yeah. what I know when you're saying that, what jumps into my mind is a line that I had heard, and this person was saying, "What they, you know, this person was saying, what they love him so much that that he loves her so much, and he loves her so much." And finally, the one person turned to her and said, "Listen, he may be loving you the best way he can, but it's not the way you need to be loved." Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes, yes. That's hitting it right on the head. And I am sure. Lots of people listening right now are, are shaking their heads. Yeah, they can totally relate to that because we all know what that feels. We know what it feels like on both sides. We know what it mm-hmm. feels like and we know that we are doing everything we can. We are loving this person and, and we're not getting any recognition or appreciation on the other side. That, that doesn't feel so good. And we also know what it feels like to not be feeling adored or cherished or loved. Oh, oh, right. And or you know when someone... Want you. I mean, listen, this is what I tell people to do. If you really want to find out how men are thinking about love and sex, listen to country and western songs. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> they have... that, sounds, that sounds a little tragic, Lou. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you, you know, that, you know, this isn't about, you know, go out and, you know, run my, you know, truck off the road. But what I will say is there's one that I heard, and it was like, um, it was a line, something like, does my wedding ring feel too heavy on your finger when you go out at night? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But it's also all of the the ways that men in country and western, and typically the older country and western songs, describe how they're feeling 
I mean, country and western songs are, you know, it's about the horse, it's about the truck, it's about, you know, the girl who goes away, it's, you know. But they really do tap into the honesty of what it feels like to have that unrequited love. You know, it's a lot like it's a lot like blues, but the thing that's standing out for me as I'm listening to you, which I think is really it's really interesting, and I think we need to say it. Men actually are romantic. Men want romance and love too. You know, oh, thank like, you. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's just women who want it. No, men want it. I, I'm going to say maybe even more sometimes. Well, you know, <clears throat> and thank you for say, saying that. And I would completely agree with you. And the other thing I know, when I'm giving someone, um, I just did a presentation to a major group last Wednesday, and one of the things, they, and these are all high-level executives, and he said, okay, Lou, you've thrown a lot of information at us. Just cut to the chase. What are the two main points that we need to know? <laughs> I love men. They're always like this. Just give me the deeds. Right. And, <laughs> and I, said, I said, the first one, as I said, touch one another. I said, you're really the only other person who truly has the permission to touch, if that's touching a shoulder, walking by, because I said, most men don't get touched enough. They are starved for the feeling of touch. And I said, the second thing is your attention, the way they want to have attention paid to them. I said, that makes flowers grow. It makes dogs do what you want. Cats are another matter. (laughs) You know, and human beings respond to attention. Children yeah. respond. I mean, this thing about, I, this one of these things, and, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say something that will probably cause some people to go a little sideways. Attention deficit disorder. You want to know the number one solution for attention deficit disorder? Attention. <laughs> oh, Lou. This is such nonsense. Brilliant things. It's so simple, but there's brilliance in the simplicity. Right, but, you know. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I do, I don't know when our break is coming up, but I want to talk two about minutes. the touching thing. Two minutes? Oh, I need more than two minutes. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we, will, we will, well, you know what, we'll start with touching, we'll end with touching, and then we'll come back with touching. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. But let's just, I'm just going to say this. Maybe it'll be a little cliffhanger. The thing about touching is women stop touching men often because there's, there's very little touching in relationships that isn't about sex. So a lot of women feel that there is, and by the way, this isn't the man's fault always. It often isn't. Um, But sometimes it is. (laughs) It it takes two. But women have this idea that if they're going to be touched or or touching their partner, there's Mm -hmm. this expectation that sex is going to follow. Right. So when when couples can incorporate what we call non-demand touching or touching for the sake of touching without any sexual expectation, it really is an important thing to add into the relationship. And so a lot of the reasons that sex or not sex, that touch stops is because of that. Men stop touching their female partners or, or I'm going to, not even that, I'm going to say the higher sex partner stops touching the partner who has the lower sexual drive or desire because they're tired of being rejected. And the lower sex partner stops touching the higher sex partner because they don't want them to think that they want to have sex because they don't want to have to turn them down. So they're really no, it, avoiding it, feeling mm-hmm. bad. And, and you know what that boils down to? It's very similar to let us just cut to the chase and talk about, you know, this is more high school. And, well, if I touch, then I'm opening the door for him to do something. Now, we have 15 seconds until our break. My guest tonight is Dr. Lori Buckley, and we're talking about touch. We are going to 
end with touch, and then we are going to pick it up on our next segment when we come back in. Please stay with us, and we will be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on TogiNet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend at Principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Lori Buckley, and we were having a good laugh on the break. And one of the things, <laughs> always do, one of the things we're going to go over starting now, we finished with touch in that last segment, and one of the things, though, Lori, that I, I remember reading, that men require being touched like three times more often during a day than, than women in order to maintain the oxytocin connection level. Interesting. Hmm. So, what I tell women is, when he is leaving in the morning, hug him, and not that polite little two-point shoulder hug. Hug a breast squeeze.
squishing hug because yeah. there there is something about that hug. Feel who he is as a man. Now, he's going out the door, and I used, um, I, I was doing a presentation in Mexico City, very high, you know, level executives, and he was, the husband was on his way out to work in the morning, and I was meeting her afterwards, and she said, she thought, oh, you know, oh, you know, he was leaving, she went, oh, honey, just a moment, just a moment. So she said she went over, and she gave him the type of hug I have described. She said she never would have expected the reaction that she got. He started hugging her like a little monkey. He just wouldn't let go. And, you know, and this is a guy who runs a huge company. But that's the thing. Remember, I always remember this was a little boy. Now he's a larger man, but he still likes to be held. Yeah, he's still a little boy inside, and we're still little girls inside. We're still those those like little kids who are saying, "Love me, love me, love me," and mm-hmm. and look at and and there is something about that hug, and and I agree, it needs to, and it really should be at least twenty seconds, twenty to thirty seconds minimum, where you are really like you said that you your bodies are touching, and it does release the uh, the oxytocin, which is right. so it, it, calming. It, it, Right. And it also has, if anyone does any yoga work or any Pilates work or does any work like that, what they do is that literally lines up your chakras so that there is like an energy exchange between the two of you. People know and are aware of the energy around people. So when you are in someone's space, and here's the thing that's really crucial about this, the woman goes into the man's space. Or the person who, you know, the person who wants to make, make someone feel loved, whether, you know, it's a gay relationship, straight, bi, trans, whatever it may be, going into that person's space and making them feel special. That's yeah, the purpose yeah. of this. Yeah, and, and if touch has been one of the things that, that, that you know, people find they're lacking in their relationship, which, which is not an uncommon thing, it is a really nice, easy transition to getting touch back in. Just starting out by giving each other a daily hug, like a real hug, and that it, it just can start to connect you again in a physiological way. So I would recommend that to, to anyone listening who finds that, Touch is is not really a big part of their relationship anymore, and I'm not even talking about sex. Uh, mm-hmm. Could be could be they could be not having sex as often. Uh, they could be not touching as often. Usually, there's a correlation. Uh, so, really, just to start to start hugging in this way could be just so so healing. And and here's the other thing, I completely agree with you. Here's another thing that people can do. If you are in a room together at the end of the day, doing whatever you may be doing, sit on the same couch. Don't sit like two marooned ships in two different areas. Sit beside one another. You know, there's only certain people who have permission to be physically close to you. And if you still like that person, this is kind of like, you know, and here's the other thing I tell people, look, so things have changed and they've gone in certain direction this way. But you know what? You're a beginner in this area. You don't have to know everything. And you can feel shy. You can feel like you don't know. You can feel like, oh, my God, we've been married for forever and, you know, we've been together for forever. That's fine. 
But now you're looking at a different way of how you're being together. You don't have to do what you did before because that obviously created a slippery slope that had the two of you not feel connected. And that slippery slope is really slippery. Oh, my God. It doesn't take much. And and people, I I think they... Well, I know that they find themselves one day looking at each other and or their life and saying, how did I get here? What happened? And it's not something that happens in a moment. It's just slowly, slowly and slowly. And it's not so much that it's not so much that they're they're doing necessarily negative things. It's just that when you stop moving forward, when you stop moving, when you stop evolving, when you stop growing, when you stop being interested, things Things die. So we, we need to keep moving forward. It's true in our life. It's certainly true in our relationship. And it's true in our sex life as well. Thank you, Dr. Buckley. <laughs> now, very, very sound advice. Question. We talked about, we also, um, Lori and I also talked about, we were going to discuss some of the things in sex in the news so that when people look at these articles, you can look at them and tease out or, you know, say, how valid is this information? What exactly is going on with it? And one of the things I wanted to talk about going along with, you know, how things, um, someone may be thinking, and you know what, there may be people who are having no sex and their relationships are just fine the way they are. True, And it's not, you know, the important thing is, is does it work for you? And we were talking about... um, the, uh, was it Ariane Cohen, the Sex Diaries Project? Oh, and, yeah. And what she did is she looked at all of like thousands, like 1,500 people, and mm-hmm. they kept a, a sex diary of what they did, how they felt. And what her comment was is this, we have it so wrong on describing what and how people feel that they're satisfied and not satisfied and what they're doing and what they're not doing. We've been presented with this mediaized concept that everyone's supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. And the one question that makes me just wingy is what's the, what's the, what's the you know, what's normal for, you know, the number of times that people are having sex during a week or a month? Right, 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 right. Yeah, look, it, I loved, I loved this, this, book that she's put out and the information that she's getting because it's something that that needs to be discussed it's a discussion that needs to be had and we do have this idea people wonder if they fall into that normal category and right where did we learn what this normal is that we're supposed to find a one partner we're supposed to marry them and have this monogamous relationship there's also by the way and I think this is really problematic. People think it's normal for for relationships, I mean, for the sex life in, in a long-term relationship to not be exciting anymore or for it to become really infrequent or or to not even exist at all. So people think that that's actually normal, and that, that's a problem. Well, it's a problem when there isn't a match on what both people want. Mm-hmm. Now, if... No, and the one thing that I liked about, you know, her comments and the people saying, this is what I'm interested in, that just showed such a range of what people are interested in and a range of what they find satisfying. And going to, we had spoken of a colleague who, you know, sadly just passed away, but 
um, Michael Metz and Barry McCarthy's book, and they have their concept of good enough sex. And what it does is it has people feel okay. And, I mean, Laura, you, you talked about it before, people saying, is this, you know, you know, I, I think I'm supposed to, you know, they're, they're coming in because the media says that they have, you know, divergent desire or, you know, there's something wrong with their desire levels. Right, right. They come in with the shoulds. The, the shoulds. <laughs> I, I should, I've lost my desire and I should be feeling this way and why don't I feel this way? Or more importantly, it usually is, why is, what's wrong with my partner? <laughs> no, I love that. Something so wrong with my partner. So they walk in with the shoulds. Right, but it, it usually is. So the lower desire partner thinks that they're sometimes they think that there's something wrong with them. That certainly happens. But oftentimes they also think there's something wrong with their partner that he or she. Sometimes the woman is the one who is the higher sex um, partner. Uh, and it, yeah, they're overly sexed. They just all they think about. They're obsessed with sex. Uh, right. So, yeah, and what you said, what I thought was really good too, Lou. It, it really what it comes down to is again we go back to having the conversations, but it's finding that person who who wants the same thing you want, who feels the way that, that you feel. It doesn't mean that you're going to want sex the exact same way in the exact at the exact same time, um, the exact you know the exact number of times over a consistent period of time. I mean that's not possible. So everybody has what we call desire discrepancy or some different feelings or beliefs or desires around sex or how often they want it. It's how it's dealt with and what and basically do they are they are they on the same page. Right. I mean what's you know, there's some couples who have what they refer to as mercy sex. <laughs> right. They have you right. know they they'll have sex you know, their partner's kinda of like, okay, no problem, let's just just do it. And they know that their partner isn't as into it as they are. But what is also interesting, and I think you and I have seen this, the desire cycle that Rosemary Basson put forward at University of British Columbia, showing that women's desire doesn't typically click in until she's doing something. I'm so, telling you, yeah, that is that is so important. In other words, that women don't actually feel like having sex until they're sexually aroused or stimulated in some way. And that little bit of information, Lou, as you know, that blows people away. It makes them feel so much better about themselves or their partner or about what's going on for them. It's just like a big light bulb goes off. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so true. Once I'm having sex, actually, I I like it. (laughs) Exactly. And what we have done is we have taken the male model of sexual function, and we've sort of laid it over top of female sexual function and thinking it's going to be the same. It couldn't be further from the truth. And on that happy note of female sexual function, we are going to go to our final break. My guest this evening is Dr. Lori Buckley. Stay with us, and we'll come back with the new news about the (laughs) G-spot. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. 
Get ready for Officer Radio every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Now, before I forget, Lori, please give the listeners your website. So if they are interested, um, Dr. Buckley is in Pasadena, but she also does Skype sessions. So yeah, I'm really excited about Skyping. I, I'm just starting it, so I am available for Skype sessions. And my email, not my email, my website address is drlorybuckley.com. That's just D-R-L-O-R-I-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y.com. Great. And it's on, it's on my, it's on the TogiNet website and you should be able to just remember Dr. Lori and then you'll be able to find her. So question, you and I talked about some of the things in the news and mm-hmm. the most recent one was this um, Florida physician who has mm-hmm. discovered, discovered the G-spot. Yes. Now, well, we're using that word lightly, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, I'll just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do the cut to the chase. This is my okay. understanding about what this gentleman has done, and I may use the term gentleman a little loosely here. Yes. But, yes. but however, um, what this person did is they had an N of one, meaning they had a sample of one, one dead. 83-year-old Polish woman, and he did a cadaver dissection of 
the upper vaginal vault area and said that he discovered a grape-like structure. Now, when one goes and reads and digs a little further, and this is the thing I want people to know, when they are, when you read, and honestly, all you have to do is you go on Huffington Post, you go on just about any site, and you're going to find some link somewhere or some article that has something to do with information about sexuality and sexual function. And I would say... Yeah, and I would say probably 50 to 60%, maybe 70% of the information that you're looking at there has been, as we call it, repurposed. In other words, stolen from another place, hasn't been properly checked out. They haven't looked at the material. They have not looked at where, you know, the person got their source. Because if you check on a number of different websites, you're going to see exactly the same sentences showing up. Because people just copy. And but what this um, physician did is he was looking for a way to validate creating product. Allegedly. 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 (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Thank you. It appears to be that way. It appears from our perspective, anyways. But so when I look at things, look at, as we would say, you know, what what was that movie with Tom Cruise and it said, you know, show me the money. (laughs) Just show me where the money goes and I'll tell you. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, Jerry Maguire, thank you. You're the movie yes, yes, you're the movie yes. person. And but look at where the money's going. Then you're gonna right, find yes. out what's happening. Just because, like any study, yeah, you wanna look at who is funding the study that you're reading about. Right. Always and if important. you need, you know, and if you need to, start looking and going to Scholar Google or looking at if it is Journal of Sexual Medicine, click on Journal of Sexual Medicine. It's right there. It'll show you and you can see what's going on. Don't just assume because it's been written that it's valid or that they got the facts straight. <laughs> because... Yeah, so this, this, I mean, this guy, right, so he takes one dead 83-year-old woman and dissects her vagina. <laughs> like, we're just saying it like it is. And he finds, he finds something. And so he says he has found the G-spot. Now, first, I think we have to... <laughs> Yeah, and look, so we think that he has another agenda, right? Lou has a strong belief, and I agree, and I don't think we're alone, um, you know, that this guy has another agenda because he just happens to do vaginal cosmetic surgery, including... Thank you. He's a plastic surgeon, and that happens to be one of his areas. Um, But now here's the other thing. Having worked with, and another colleague of ours is Dr. Beverly Whipple, who along with Lattice Khan, Khan Lattice um, <clears throat> and Perry, named the G-Spot the G-Spot. And okay. it after is Dr. a... Grafenberg. Right, after, after, after Dr. Ernst Grafenberg. And the important thing to know about the G-Spot tissue itself is that it is vasocongestive, meaning vaso blood congestion. So there needs to be stimulation and then it swells due to blood flow and you know tissue engorgement in that area. Well, might I point out this woman was dead? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that we, we made that part clear. She was dead. <laughs> How much information can you really get from a dead woman when it comes and to she wasn't, it, Well, on, on top of which... She wasn't going, ooh, ooh, baby, baby. Um, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I know, we're, we're devolving. But the point I want people to know is that 
watch what you're looking at. Just check out the fact that this individual is a plastic surgeon looking for a way to validate creating other products that can give greater help to women. He also does, you know, the G-spot shot, which is absolute crap. And, yeah, and Dr. Any, Whipple, Dr. Yeah. Whipple, just we, like, we it makes her wingy. We have to say it. If any of you are thinking about getting any kind of vaginal reconstructive surgery, I read something, something so people can look more natural. <laughs> Let's get vaginal cosmetic surgery so we can look more natural. It's just ridiculous. You're thinking about doing that or getting this G-shot thing. Stop. Just stop. It's, it's craziness. Don't, it, it, just, just don't even think about it. We're, 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 I, I should, I'll just speak for me, but I know Lou agrees. We're very much against this sort of thing. Um, and look at, we have so much going on in, you know, in our clitoral, you know, tissue in our, we have, we have all kinds of fabulous things in our vagina and our vulva. We don't want to mess with that. We, we well, want to be able to experience it. Right. It's, it's, here's the thing that, that, that I do to cut to the chase. What we do know is that if there is surgery and there is a scar, you're going to have tissue that has less sensation. There also are women who have had, now listen, pelvic floor surgeries, there's absolutely a need for it. But these surgeries have been basically been based on women being ignorant about what another woman's genitals look like. And they think that they're supposed to look like the women who are in the porn films and whatever and all the pictures. Hello, wake up and have a coffee. They are digitally edited so they don't look like the real thing. Those pictures are completely changed so you never see the inner labia coming out past the outer labia. And 50% of women have that happen. That's why they're now having... And they're beautiful. Yeah. Right. Highly sensitive. Yeah. And there are no two vulvas alike. They're like flowers. They're like fingerprints. They're they're like snowflakes. Enjoy yours. And, and, you know, look, it's it's just ridiculous. And it's just another thing for women to feel bad about themselves and the way that they look. And and so that's why we feel so strongly about this. And so you know, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad we're saying it, Lou. I'm glad we're saying it now. Just so people don't get the wrong message, it's not that we don't believe that there's a G spot, right? We do. We. I mean, I listen. Yeah. I know women who absolutely swear by it. What our issue on this is. We are looking at the motivation of someone to do the dissection of a Polish woman, probably because they couldn't do it here. And right, right, they, they would not be. It would not be, you know, considered, you know, ethical. But the important thing is look at why and how something is being done, and always understand that they're going to go for an area where they feel people are vulnerable, which is why every time you turn on the Golf Channel, there's a Viagra ad or a Cialis ad or a something else ad telling men. And, you know, or telling them, well, maybe you better have this. And when I've asked men, I've said, do you really think you have a problem <laughs> or whatever? And they said, you know, I've watched so many of those. Now I'm beginning to think that I just might have one. <laughs> yeah, or they start ta- or they start taking it. Um, like yeah, a lot of young men will start taking Viagra because they want to be able to, you know, be a rock star. And, and what ends up happening is they get it's such a great experience that the next time or the time after that, they feel like, oh, I was so great that time, and it was because of the of the pill that I'm going to have to keep taking that. And so then they lose their sexual confidence. Um, y- y- yes, that and also the meds that people are taking, even in college. So what I... You know, and here's the thing. It isn't that these things don't have 
and applicability sometimes, they do. But right. when it's, it's, you know, just to give you an example, for people who are interested in truly being with a new partner, they don't do it when they're drunk. They want to feel everything. They want to have the sensation and the enjoyment of that person's body. They don't want to miss out. And we have basically created this kind of myth that we're supposed to have all this stuff happening and, you know, it's supposed to be he's supposed to have this happen and she's supposed to have that happen. And that's not how relationships and bodies respond. We're not, yeah. we're not, little, we're not robots. You know what it is, Lou? It's really so many people feel bad about themselves. They feel bad about themselves because they have this expectation, which is where that good enough sex thing comes in. But but they they feel so they feel so less than, or their their partners are less than because they have this idea that they're supposed to look this way or act this way or be this way or feel this way. And um, and then we have products that are encouraging that. We have the media. We have all kinds of things that are giving us those messages. And so therefore, we're feeling bad about ourselves. And then when we're when we're experiencing some sexual challenges in relationships or relationship challenges, as we all do. But again, when we it's what we make of it. If we make of it, though, there's something wrong with us or there's something wrong with my partner. Again, we start to feel bad about ourselves. And and we we want the opposite relationships and sex are ideally about feeling good. Now, it doesn't mean that it's always happy and wonderful, but you, you look at the challenges and you look at the struggles in a way that say, okay, look it, something's going on here. Let's talk about it. Let's address it so we can grow. Thank you. And that's, I think, one of uh, a crucially important point. I think we've only got about 30 seconds left here. That darn. Growth. Darn. <laughs> growth is something that is going to occur. You're going to change and you're going to grow, and it's going to happen in all areas of your life. And the sexual part, the intimacy part, whatever term you want to use, and, you know, that's why, you know, sometimes people have challenges, and, Lori, that's why they have you, DrLoriBuckley.com. We have probably and 10 seconds. And your show, too, Lou. And that's <laughs> Thank right. you. Your show, which is good to give such fabulous information. I'm, I'm so glad you do what you do. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you, my dear. My guest is Dr. Lori Buckley. Have a great evening, and thanks for being with us. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. 